Okay, well, here we go. We'll go ahead and get started. So, uh, well, welcome, Maggie. <laughs> hey. <laughs> uh, we were laughing before we sat down because how long ago did I bring up this idea of us sitting down to have this particular conversation? It's, it's been, been a while. Yeah. I'm at least six months. Yeah. I would yeah. say. Yeah, at least six months. So, uh, for anybody who has not already tuned out based on the first uh, 30 <laughs> seconds, uh, my name is JK, and I'm here with my friend Maggie. And uh, if we decide, or if I decide, I guess, that this will be a reoccurring thing, this is going to be a podcast called yeah. Help Me Understand. Uh, mm -hmm. If I do not decide to move forward with this, this will just be a conversation between two people about something that I've been wanting to talk about for quite a while. Still good. So, yeah. So let's go ahead and just jump right in. Um, how we came into contact with each other. So, if we remember correctly, it was about three to four years ago. Yeah. Somewhere that around there. Right. Okay. Um, I was doing personal training and then uh, leading group fitness classes. I guess we can call them mm -hmm. at a gym here in the the Bloomington area. <laughs> and I believe you started as one of the members, right? I did. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so yes. you started one of the members, one of the, or was it like a 30-day challenge sort of thing? Yeah, it was some deal, and you had to try out, like, all the classes. Like, That's eh, right. Okay, new yep. gym, sure. Perfect, okay. And then um, just fast forward, what, four years now? Yeah. You are now a certified personal trainer, mm -hmm. uh, but your chosen career field is... I'm a school psychologist. Yes, which is exactly why yeah. I wanted to sit down and talk to you. So uh, can you just kind of talk a little bit about your background, mm -hmm. um, both, I guess, personal and professional background, all yeah. that sort of thing? Um, so I actually grew up around here, went through the schools here. Um, and when I was in high school, um, they offered a psychology class. And I always liked school. I kind of thought I wanted to be a teacher for a little bit. And I was like, no, I don't want to, you know, be in charge of like 30 kids at once. That sounds ridiculous. Um, kudos to teachers that can do that. Because, uh, yes. No. Props. Not my I'm still forte. working on handling my two at home. So. Yeah. So I went into psychology and really quickly realized that the only way I was going to actually help kids as a psychologist was probably going to be in a school setting because – Kids have to go to school, but the kids that really need an adult in their lives to help them, to be a role model, to um, be there for them, aren't going to have the opportunity to go to therapy, to yeah. um, do some of the private things that are really expensive to get counseling and stuff for kids that need it. Okay. Um, there are a lot of great agencies, but sometimes it's more short term. Um, uh, gotcha. like, Hey, this happened to you. So we'll give you six months with a counselor and then, uh, you kind of just have to deal with it. So that's okay. That's going to be one of my first questions then. Yeah. So I'm going to interrupt you incessantly Sweet. along the way here. So, uh, you already bring up a really good point that it sounds like what you're saying is from a, mm -hmm. a standpoint, it's almost a standpoint of an intervention Yeah. many times mm -hmm. as opposed to these services are offered as a foundation just yes. as part of the regular yeah. curriculum, for lack of a better way yes. to say it. Interesting. And okay. Like, so, and a lot of those would be like outside services. Okay. Gotcha. Yes. Or like gotcha. a counselor comes to school or something like that. Okay. But in the school setting, um, there's a lot of research that having one adult in your life that you can count on, that you can go to, that you know, is always going to empathize with you and have your back is yeah. the biggest factor in kids building resiliency against anything, hmm. against just life, because sometimes it sucks, or against trauma, <laughs> against being in school, you know, to all of those things. Frankly, yeah. yeah. Okay. So it's kind of gives me an opportunity to feel like I can do that. Interesting. Okay. So um, from your background with child psychology... Because mm -hmm. uh, I found that to be something super interesting when I first got to know you was that you had all of this this knowledge and I'll <laughs> I'll be straight up I don't think you give yourself credit for all of the knowledge that you do have or I don't know, let me not say you don't give yourself credit um, you 
you could legit like share some major, major stuff because obviously I follow you social media wise and yeah. then we're friends. Uh, and I've even learned quite a bit um, just in how I um, address things with my own children. Yeah. It's some of the stuff <laughs> yeah. you don't even think about. Like, yeah, because it's a big part of your day about also teaching teachers how to react to things. I feel like I've noticed yes. that quite a bit, like some of the strategies mm -hmm. that people should use. Yeah. So, yeah, I just kind of started this like strategy thing where I email out my staff a tip for every week on yeah. kind of like how to respond to kids. Okay. Um, but yeah, a lot of my time is more like in teaming and like meeting with groups of teachers, special ed teachers, gen ed teachers, social workers, figuring out how to problem solve around kids. Okay. And figure out like how to support them. And if something crazy is going on, how do we make it better? Yeah. Okay. So that's your background child psychology yes. wise. So what, um, share with us a little bit around where the health and fitness thing came from. Yeah. Uh, what developed your interest in that? So I, like, from, like, age three was yeah. a pretty active kid. I danced, um, like, every type of dance, tap, jazz, hip-hop, okay. ballet, everything, um, from age three. Um, started cheering in high school, then was on a dance team for the semi-pro or arena football league we have for three years. Fun fact I never knew. Yeah, it was Here fun. in Bloomington? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. Yes, we practiced at the gym that <laughs> we oh, met that's at. Right. Yeah. Oh, wow. Where, was it the Bloomington? Ed? It was the Extreme. Oh, the Extreme. Okay. Was, yeah, so it was before they sold and made it the Edge. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, fun so, fact. I was, like, super active. Okay. Um, and then I got in a car accident, actually. Ooh. And had, okay. like, really bad whiplash. And, like, trying out for the team again was, just, like, I had tempted, but, like, yeah. I shouldn't have because I was, like, dead the next day. Um, <laughs> I think I just, okay. like, laid in a bed. I was, like, I can't move. Okay. Um, so I kind of just didn't really know what to do. So I kind of on and off would go through spurts of, like, working out a ton and then I'd get sick of it because I was, like, at the gym every day. And then it kind of ebbed and flowed until I kind of found a, yeah. like, rhythm of, okay, what does this look like if I'm not, like, required to be in dance right. rehearsal for hours a day? Like, what's a healthy amount to be, like, exercising and yeah. that kind of a thing? Um, and then I ended up at the gym. Right. And, you know kind of really liked kind of the setup and thought, yeah. hey, I think I could probably, you know, you even suggested me taking over one of the classes. So yep. I was like, sure, <laughs> you don't have to get up at 5 a.m. every day then. <laughs> yep. I mean, uh, if you're going to, if you're going to yeah. work out, you might as well, yeah. might as well just start training people too. Yeah. Why not? It just made sense, right? Yeah. So then I felt like I should probably get certified if I'm doing this. Yeah. Usually so, a good idea. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. So, uh, the reason that I wanted to sit down with you, and I shared some of this context with you earlier, is I think you can bring um, a really good perspective uh, or a different perspective, I should say, mm -hmm. to something that I have um, has come to my attention over the past few years. Yeah. So my full-time career is as a sales manager for a retail organization. So that's what I'm doing full-time. Uh, but I also am personal trainer, do online personal training, uh, run an online training site, things like that. And with a lot of the client work that I do, uh, especially in the past when I was working very closely with a nutrition company, mm -hmm. uh, many times what comes up in conversation with clients, members, whatever it may be, is you start having some sort of conversation when it comes to body image. I mean, it's yep. it's inevitable. It's, oh, yeah. it, you know, uh, whether male, female, I don't care if you're 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, mm -hmm. at some point, even if somebody starts um, on their health and fitness journey uh, or is inspired on their health and fitness journey for, let's say, internal reasons, so say they're pre-diabetic, yeah. whatever it might be, uh, at some point, body image seems mm -hmm. to come into the conversation. And there, uh, from an overall standpoint, something that I noticed is that many times there's something that either an event that happened or 
there were some sort of adult influences mm -hmm. or there was an atmosphere or a culture around this particular individual as they were growing up. And that 100% had something yeah. to do with how they process their views on their own self-image now. Oh yeah. Yeah, and what really spurred what really spurred me to finally say, you know what? I I need to talk to somebody who has like some cred <laughs> behind, <laughs> behind them and thank God you're around. Yeah. So what really spurred me to or called to action was um, I was at work at my retail job and um, I was having a conversation with somebody and this is a conversation that was pretty pretty regular. Every now and then, I, I swear it would be like week after week after week, I would have the same person who would come to me and they would just talk to me about the latest diet that they were thinking about trying. Um, and they always wanted to know what my opinion was because my coworkers know that I'm very into health and fitness yeah. and things like that. And I, I have kind of a you kind of uh, look like you're in shape. Yeah, you know, you know I, yeah. I try. And I also, I think I, I've i gotten feedback that I'm known for being a fairly fairly transparent communicator. Yeah, yeah okay? that makes so sense. So they know that if I feel like something just is probably a really bad idea, I'm going to say, you know, I feel like that's a really bad idea. So mm -hmm. this particular individual came to me and was asking me some questions just week after week. And finally, one of the times I just said, you know, I, I'm just really super curious here. I've just noticed that it feels like you're always looking at something different to try. Mm -hmm. Where does that come from? And uh, it opened up a really good conversation just around the fact that they were like, "Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, I just feel like you know I should be doing something different. I'm not really 100% happy with where my body is and things like that." And mm -hmm. when I get into conversations like that, I'm never the one who's like. Well, yeah, you really got to do something about that. And I'm also never the <laughs> yeah. one, quite honestly, I'm also never the one who's like, well, you know what, you really, just don't worry about it, shrug it off. I, I'm like, well, where yeah. does that come from? Mm -hmm. I, there's context. That's the whole thing behind, well, help yes. me understand, like there's context. And this person came to what I'll call an epiphany and they said, you know what, for as long as I can remember, I feel like my mom was always on a mm -hmm. diet, always on a diet. I said, well, what do you, what do you mean? And they said, now that I think about it, I mean, it was like this, like, what does Oprah call it? The aha, uh -huh, the light bulb <laughs> moment Yeah. where uh, they said, my mom was always trying something, whether mm -hmm. it was Weight Watchers, it was the South Beach diet. I'm totally dating myself talking Ooh. about the South Beach diet, but um, that it's like Mediterranean. Or, I don't even know what that yeah, is. Yeah. I think the Mediterranean yeah. diet. She said something about Atkins and I was like, okay, your mom's old school. She's my age. Then. <laughs> so, uh, but she just, she remembered that. And mm -hmm. so it got me to really thinking and it just opened up this whole Pandora's box. So that's really the framework of what I wanted to get some of your insight on yeah. because you're you're on that level with when a lot of these things are being noticed by our children. Mm -hmm. um, and I really want to just have some conversation around what are things that adults um, who are in a position of influence over children. And I don't think that that is just segmented to parents. I don't think it's segmented to just teachers or mm -hmm. or counselors or anything else. I think if you're an adult and you are in front of children, then you yeah. are in a position of influence over children. Totally. I that's just something I'm mm -hmm. probably my voice just changed. I'm very passionate about that. <laughs> yes. Like your, your kids are paying attention. So oh, let's start. We don't think they are paying attention. I, yeah. Like because it's like small things. Yeah. So I totally have – this is like I'm already changing your question. I, I have an aha moment that I have like figured out from – for me personally. Okay. And how I look at my own body from when I was in college. Okay. So like the year after I started – or stopped dancing and so I wasn't as active. Yeah. I remember being at home. Um, for like winter break or something. I was at my parents' house. Yeah. And I'm trying to do like a workout in the family room or something. And my dad walks in and goes, are you trying to get rid of your pooch? For real? Yeah. Wow. I was like, what? <sighs> oh. Excuse me. 
So, like, that has been like a, okay, well, when I guess when I stop working out, then it's clearly noticeable that, like, yeah. I get weight around my midsection. So that has always been like a, that's like the first thing that I look at then when I'm evaluating am I content with how my body looks. Okay. So, wow. like. Okay. And it was one comment. Like, I don't think he ever said anything. Like, he was trying to make a dumb dad joke. Like. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like it yeah. wasn't like he, my dad is well, not like a critical like he's not that type of person yeah th let's uh, well let's go ahead and put that out yeah. on the table this is not a um an indictment of oh, maggie's no. dad no my dad is awesome he's a wonderful person yes he is yes um but it was so like it wasn't something that he thought that he was teaching me this lesson by saying mm. that or instilling something in me yeah it was just one of those things that got said and then it just stuck. Yeah, it stuck. Yeah. Interesting. Yes. Wow. Okay. So note to myself yeah. because I have a now uh, – Ava just turned 14 two days ago. Yeah. So I, I have a now 14-year-old mm -hmm. daughter. So note to self. Don't say that to her. Yeah. yeah. Um, we're going we're gonna to note something like that for, for later actually, a later okay. conversation just around something like that. Um, yeah. Okay. So – So yeah. I, I feel like as adults – Kids learn from us through observational learning. So we're modeling okay. whether it's our dialogue, whether it's our actions, everything that we do, we're modeling to them how to like treat themselves and yeah. to grow up and how to tackle things. And if that is a negative self-talk out loud about your body, yeah. That you hear your mom or your dad saying all of the time or stating like, oh, I got to be on a diet so I look good or right. that kind of a thing. It's it's huge. Yeah. So, okay. So let's, let's check off the box that says we as adults understand that we have an impact yes. on uh, the younger generation around us, mm -hmm. especially I'm talking straight to parents. You have an oh, influence yeah. on your kids, mm -hmm. uh, teachers, yeah. which many teachers might, uh, I would beg to say that many teachers probably spend more time with yes. children than the parents do until you hit, say, like the summertime or things yeah. like that. Because hours out of the day, mm -hmm. if you're talking like hours that your children are awake, Yes. It's very possible that those oh, yeah. the teachers. Okay. So there's mm -hmm. there's something there too. But let's just check off the box that says, okay, adults understand that the things that you say, mm -hmm. uh, the things that you say definitely have an effect on how children yeah. process how they see themselves and things like that. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Yeah. So then knowing that, let's talk about maybe some suggestions or uh, ways to kind of process, for example, I'm really into health and fitness. You're really mm -hmm. into health and fitness. I have clients who are very into health and fitness. Um, yeah. As far as my private clients, um, I have a handful uh, who are working moms. Mm -hmm. And they're very into their health and fitness. They probably work out minimum four days a, four days a week. Some of them up to six. I'm yeah. not. A, I'm not a workout every day seven day person. That's that's not my not I my need, thing. I need, yeah. yeah, I need a recharge. Day. <laughs> yeah, Thank you for exactly. making that work. Yes, I'm all about the recharge. Um, so, in your in your view, how would an adult, especially a parent, try to find a good balance between leading a good, healthy example for their kids and, you know, the kids yeah. around them versus going down the rabbit hole of trying to seek yeah. perfection. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like it's also the same as how do you recognize that there needs to be improvement in any yeah. process, mm -hmm. but also, you know, not turn it into everything must be perfect 100% yes. of the time. So yeah. how... Any suggestions for how you begin so, processing things like that? I think that <clears throat> um, – so one of the things that I, like, initially think of is if my friend, even if it's not a kid, was like, hey, I feel fat. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, and if they're overweight and they want to lose weight, I'm not going to say don't try and lose weight. 
Okay. Don't don't make yourself feel better. Don't make a plan to do that. Okay. What I'm going to do is I'm going to make sure that what the plan or the goal that they have is realistic and not harmful to them. Okay. So if that goal is I'm going to starve myself, well, I'm be like, okay, stop it. Like, no. no go. Yeah. I'm probably going to tell them all the things that are great about them that I think are beautiful or awesome that they bring to the table. Yeah. But hey, if you want to get healthier, these are some sustainable or healthy ways to do that. Okay. So basically taking, not necessarily shooting down what they say. Yeah. Because you don't want to, you don't want to ever shoot down how a kid feels. Okay. You have to. Their feelings are real. So even if you think that their reaction or their feeling to something is ridiculous, or I, like I am way too big for the situation, you're like, okay, like I realize someone at school said something dumb to you, but uh, like you don't need to cry for twelve hours about it. To them, that's how big of a deal it is. Yeah. So. It's more of a you have to empathize with that, okay. but then help them figure out how to fix it or how to make it better. Interesting. Okay. So what you're saying is acknowledge how mm -hmm. they're feeling. Yes. Uh, try not to project what your reaction is yeah. as a judgment of their reaction. Mm -hmm. And then basically try to take what they're saying about themselves but try to have them process it in yeah. a healthier way. Yes. So gotcha. like if a kid says, I feel fat, I'm yeah. not going to say, no, you don't feel fat. Because that's how they feel or if they don't feel good about themselves. And see, I think I, I think the natural the natural reaction of most so, parents especially. Oh, you're not fat. You're fine. Yeah. Oh, you're cute. You're good. See, this is why we have to have this conversation yeah. because that my automatic thinking would be to tell that person, no, you're wrong. Yes. Well, and sometimes like I'm like, okay, you're clearly not fat. <laughs> but you can also think, okay, so you're not happy about the way you look. Right. What aren't you happy about? Interesting. Okay. And then like, okay, well, like what's something that would make you feel better about yourself? Gotcha. And if that's a... You, you realize that you kind of just like eat junk food all the time. Okay, well, how about we eat vegetables at dinner every day? Okay. So and try like, to implement yeah, the, like, a habit that's a or natural, something. Like, you're, it's a healthy decision and the goal isn't like you need to lose 30 pounds or whatever. Yeah. But it's, uh, okay, well, let's try and be healthier and see what happens, especially with little kids. Yeah. Okay. That makes That makes a lot of sense. And again, that's... That's a big reason why yeah. I wanted to talk to you about it, just because I think the way that most people would process it is, um, and I've I've definitely been in this position before, where one of your kids or a child around you has a reaction to something, and you think to yourself, I can't believe that they're having this yeah. sort of a reaction to this thing because it's mm -hmm. so small. But then we have to, I feel like as adults, we have to take a step back and go, well, so what would be considered a big problem to us? So mm -hmm. I was on a road trip and my car broke down and now I'm stranded yeah. 500 yeah. miles away from home. That's, That's a, a big, big deal, deal. Mm -hmm. okay? But to a child, somebody called them a name mm -hmm. and we look at it as that's no big deal. Shrug it off. Who cares about that person? Yeah. Move on. Like, why are you crying? But to them, it's the same as being stranded 500 miles away it from is. home. They're, yeah. They don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. they, they're they just feeling kind of helpless, that yes. sort of thing. And in those situations, like, you also don't know what other things have built up or things they have experienced that uh, might make that thing seem yeah. a whole lot bigger than it is. So context. Yes. Yeah. So when someone has a reaction, when adults have reactions that I think are ridiculous <laughs> – I'm like, okay, well, there's a reason for that level of reaction. Yeah. Um, and sometimes they're not even aware of that. So, like, oh, that was a – like, I freaked out really big over this thing. Hello, retail interactions. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Well, like, someone comes yeah. in, they're having a really bad day, I'm sure, and they take it out on you because you're the person that said we're out of iPhone. Sorry. Like, yeah. their yeah. world has ended. And you are like, the face of the problem. You are the reason why. No, it's probably because they just got in their fight with their husband. Yeah. And they couldn't find their keys. And then they had a flat tire. And then, like, all yeah. of these little things that are just, like, chronic stress are, like, 
so much more stressful than we think they are. Interesting. Okay. So I think that's helpful advice um, to understand in those moments when a child is voicing something that they're yeah. not happy about, um, then to take that that moment to acknowledge how they feel, take a step back, try and understand some context, and then try to help them work through it in a healthy way. Mm-hmm. I think that yeah. also can be, um, I, I can't remember the, the reference uh, that I really want to quote, but I remember reading a long time ago about having teachable moments. Mm-hmm. And I think as a, as a parent, there are times when you want to teach your child something or you want mm-hmm. them to grasp some sort of concept, but it's the A wrong time. Yeah. And you're like, I don't and understand don't why they don't get it. And if it's not the right time. Yeah. But moments like that mm-hmm. could actually be the oh, teachable, yeah. the teachable moment mm-hmm. where you kind of have that, that breakthrough. Yeah. And I'm sure that those stick with the child yeah. for sure. Yeah. Okay. So um, in that context thing, as far as you don't know what happened leading yeah. up to that is so important. Um, so, so important. Cause that's a conversation that I actually have with my coworkers quite a mm-hmm. bit around, um, you know, sometimes I'll be brought into some interactions where I'm talking to somebody who uh, definitely is not necessarily being very friendly Mm -hmm. uh, towards me. Uh, And I definitely didn't do anything to them. Yeah. Uh, And I remember a long time ago, my dad, who uh, was in sales and marketing for decades, Mm -hmm. um, he taught me a long time ago that you have to understand when someone in the setting that you're in, he said, son, when the set in the setting that you're in, the people are not necessarily upset with you. They're upset Mm -mm. with the situation. You are a tangible representative of of the situation. So you just have to understand Uh that you just got to let them like, Mm -hmm. you know, don't let them completely disrespect you there, but you got to let them process and then try to work through it. Because Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, once they're done yelling, you still got to figure out what the issue is. Mm -hmm. So that makes sense from, from kids too. Yeah. Big time. Okay. All right. Well, that's helpful. Uh, so let's, let's talk social media. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So let's talk social media. So, mm-hmm. um, man, there's so many different directions you can go with this. Um, so first we'll talk social media and comparison culture. Okay. Because, uh, you and I have traded some conversation around this back and forth. Um, I'm not bashful in my opinion on comparison culture. Mm-hmm. I think for a while I was trying to trend the hashtag kill comparison culture <laughs> because I think it's one of, uh, it's, it's one hard. Of, it's gotta be one of the most detrimental things it is. ever. Um, and when we talk about. Do you want to say what you mean by comparison culture? Yes, that's, thank you. Yeah. yeah so when, when I talk kill the comparison culture or I'm un unhappy with what comparison culture has become. It is the mindset around constantly comparing where you are Mm -hmm. as a person, who you are as an individual, and really your level of success is based on someone else. Mm -hmm. So it's based on uh, because I don't look like this person, then that means I'm not good looking. Mm-hmm. Because I don't have as much money as this person, that means I'm not successful. Yeah. Uh, and I think you can, I mean, you can go down a major rabbit hole with that. But I think social media with the 15-second clip, the perfectly curated mm-hmm. image um, has really made it more and more difficult. And as a parent who allows their child to mm-hmm. be on social media... Um, we were pretty open about the conversation with yeah. with uh, my 14-year-old, now 14-year-old, about it. Um, but when it comes to that comparison culture piece, I just see it becoming a bigger and bigger mm-hmm. and bigger thing. Yeah. So let's say, let's say you have – you're noticing, mm-hmm. okay, that a child – um, comes to you, and we're talking anywhere from you know single digit age all the way up to teenagers. Mm-hmm. You're noticing that they make comments around, you know, either I'm so fat or um, I don't want to. I shouldn't eat this because I, mm-hmm. you know, I saw this social media post, whatever it yeah. may be. When it's something that's specifically related to social media, do you have particular things that you would suggest around how adults handle um. 
those conversations? And it, I, I think know. that with some of those, mm, yes and no. <laughs> um, what's hard is like, I'm at an elementary school and like we have fifth graders that are fighting over how many followers they have. For real. Yes. Yeah. There's You'd, legit a war going on right now. Really? To get the most followers by, I don't know what the end date is. But. So, as, so I don't know why I'm acting surprised. My seven-year-old mm-hmm. uh, watches a lot of YouTube. Yeah. So, you know, Minecraft yeah. over everything. So oh, yeah. Minecraft and all mm-hmm. these other things. And it was really interesting. He um, he was watching a some YouTuber who builds Minecraft houses. So he's watching a video of someone building an imaginary house. I yeah. Blows my we mind. We like to watch other people do things now. It's <laughs> yeah, weird. It's great. But like, yeah. kudos to the person that's getting people to watch them, yeah. I guess. This is how I know I'm 41 because I, I don't get it. But um, so he's watching this. And so I always make it a point when I walk by him to make some sort of comment like, hey, what are you watching? Or mm-hmm. who's that? Or even if I know who the YouTuber is, yeah. I'm, I purposely mess up their name just because I want to get some sort of conversation going. <laughs> yeah. So, I, you know, say if the, I think he watches a YouTuber named Unspeakable or something like that. And I was at, I said, is that the unquestionable guy? He's like, dad, and rolls his <laughs> eyes. I said, is that, do people watch this? And he will tell me, yeah, he's got like 300,000 followers, dad. Duh. Wait, what? My seven-year-old. Yep. So what's... Every other seven-year-old in the world. Yeah. I yeah. don't... So what... Do you have suggestions on how people meld mm-hmm. an understanding that, hey, social media is there. It's it's going to be yes. there. Um, and just like anything, it can be misused. Mm-hmm. But also just like anything, it can be a good thing. It can be. Yeah. But I being think able that... to navigate through that messaging. Yeah. I, I kind of laughed because... Um, I was at a conference this last week, I think, and someone was like, oh, like, does the social media thing impact you? Because you're like at an elementary school, like mm. the kids aren't. I'm like, are you serious? Oh, no, I, I It's witnessed. a huge thing. Yeah. And, and I also And they clearly parents. didn't have kids. So yeah. like that, their reaction, I was like, okay, well. Well, and these parents are, or I'm sorry, the, these kids are walking around with mobile devices yeah. that are in it's the crazy. thousands. It's crazy. Like so, I have like. Yeah. And a lot of times now it's like, well, mom got a new phone, so she gave me hers. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. are in third grade. Yeah. Okay, cool. And let's be clear. We're not judging people for giving yes. kids no. devices. It's one of those things where- it's, it's good to have. Like, well, I, I think see we have to face the reality yeah. of, of the fact that these, these devices are in hands. Kids yeah. have access yes. to everything. But I think that sometimes because it's not something that they're supposed to have out at school or use at school, yeah. that we don't teach about it. Ah. So it's okay. kind of a like, well, I'm not going to talk about how to, you know, look at Instagram or what to, you should post on TikTok because we're at school. Oh. And you're not supposed to be on TikTok at school. So why would I have a conversation so about don't, this? don't address it. Yeah. So it's not like it's like a part of the curriculum to explain that. Um, I think that um, I know that like in library or IMC, whatever buildings call it, that a lot of times they will talk about like um, questioning what you see on the Internet and like anyone can post on Wikipedia, like things like that. Um, So being smart about using the Internet. But I think getting into some of the social media stuff, we're not as comfortable with it, especially when you have teachers or adults that aren't using it it's harder to talk to your kids yeah, or your really students about how to use it and like okay. what how how to respond to the things they see true because they're not on it so they're not thinking about how they're comparing themselves to other people on there because they're not doing that yeah okay yeah it's it's i think it's going to become just more and more and more yeah. prevalent mm-hmm. uh Especially as myself being someone who is in the social media space, yeah, um, out of quite honestly, out of necessity, based on some of the business that I do, mm-hmm. and uh, I even personally myself, being at the age of forty plus, sometimes I struggle with what kind of messaging I put out because to me, yeah, um, you know, it's it's uh, this constant battle between well, I need to do this because this is what needs to be done in order to grow a business. Yeah. Like if there is a free, like basically a free tool that's out there and you're not using yeah. it to advertise. Why would you not you do that? Are, yeah, you're, yeah, you're not taking mm-hmm. advantage of what's out there. But then on the other hand, 
who wants to continue to feed, like feed the mm -hmm. beast, you know? Yeah. So it's this constant thing. So I think, um, you know, for myself, as far as how, is, how I try to process it and then also understanding that, uh, for example, like my daughter follows me on social media, mm -hmm. so she will see what I post and things yes. like that. And, and how understanding would she how that's going to come across. Yeah. Yeah. So I just think to myself, not necessarily, well, what would, what would my daughter think or what would my mom think or anything like that? I just think to myself, why are you doing what you're doing? Mm -hmm. And what um, message do you want to yeah, actually portray lot, versus? Right. Yeah. It took a lot of growth to kind of understand, hey, you know what? It's, are you doing it? because you feel like it could actually help or impact or you mm -hmm. know what sometimes it's just just you want to be funny yeah or you just mm -hmm. want to really share a message or whatever it may be and then just kind of let the chips fall where they yeah. may uh i've recently started navigating twitter and wow is that a, uh, yeah i don't, that I don't, it's I don't a, tweet it's a dumpster fire yeah i just it's too much <laughs> it's, it's crazy i feel like you just get lost because yeah. there's so much it it's a lot there's a lot going on but um Okay. Well, let's talk about a couple more things before we wrap up. Um, so we've talked about some of the stuff with how you respond to when kids are talking about things with body image, um, talking about, you know, some of the social media mm -hmm. stuff, the comparison culture. Yeah. So some of that stuff, I think, I think if you were to put a heading on it, it's some of the stuff that maybe is more tactical. Mm -hmm. And when you strip away all those layers, I think it really comes down to this is becoming like the buzzword, the mindset. Mindset mm -hmm. is becoming the whole yeah. buzzword, right? Um, and I was just having this conversation with my dad the other day. And my dad and I talk quite a bit uh, because I'm blessed to have basically the world's best life coach. Um, it's <laughs> only taken awesome. us – yeah, it's only taken four decades to get yeah. there. <laughs> but uh, – not because he wasn't available, because he's been life coaching me since day one, but I was finally mm. ready to listen a couple yeah, of years ago. Yeah, that happens sometimes. Yeah, but we were having this conversation, and um, I was saying something to him uh, about a podcast I had listened to um, one day while walking, and uh, I said, you know, I find it really interesting that there are people making money off of the things that you tried to tell me when I was <laughs> in middle school, yeah. when I was in high school, when I was in college and subsequently dropped yeah, out, okay, Dad. Um, all these things you've been trying to tell me for forever. And what it all kind of comes down to has been mindset and mm -hmm. instilling a particular foundation. Because at the end of the day, when someone is trying to figure out what's the best way to navigate through a particular situation what foundation you have, so mm -hmm. how you how you were raised and what the influences that you had when you were growing up, yeah. that's what it all, many times, that's what it's going to come back to. Mm -hmm. And that's either going to give you a really strong foundation or it's going to give you something that you are trying to overcome in order yeah. to get to the right thing. So let's talk mindset. So mm -hmm. you've got, I, I'm blessed because I was in a household that definitely focused on what's called the growth mindset, mm -hmm. big time. Yeah. Um, a lot of the conversation within my household was definitely not around achievement. It was around which is awesome. Yeah, it, I, and who who knew? Yeah, you know. But it was definitely around the behaviors. Mm -hmm. It was around development of character, like mm -hmm. all that stuff. So yeah. my dad, grandfather, my mom—they were all ahead of their time. <laughs> so how how much of that conversation? do you feel like we should be having with children uh, basically how early? So I mentioned to you, my seven-year-old son came home. Like before with, elementary school, they need that. He yeah. came up with a worksheet that was fixed versus growth mindset. Yeah, that's awesome. And it blew my mind. Mm -hmm. um, shout out Mrs. Fisher. Yeah. Benjamin Elementary School. Nice. Because I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't believe it. Yeah. I was like, this is crazy. And I, sh I was talking to, um, somebody else about it and they're like you've got to be kidding because this is this, is, like this is stuff that adults still need to grasp yeah. so oh my fixed, gosh, yes. fixed mindset versus growth yeah. mindset your definition of what they are mm -hmm. and then how how early is too early or how do you start to have conversations on the right level mm -hmm. um, at what age yeah with kids um so fixed versus growth mindset is really the idea that 
when we have a fixed mindset, we can't change or grow or do anything to make ourselves feel better about like what we're born with. Okay. Um, yeah. You have like this level of intelligence. So you're always going to be this good at reading or math isn't your thing uh-huh. or you feel overweight or you're not good at sports or whatever. You're okay. just kind of stuck with it. Very, very like black solid. And white. This yes. is what it is. Mm-hmm. You this are is, this You were born this way. Okay. Deal with it. Okay. Um, and we kind of um, growing up when we focus on like achievement and like, oh, this kid is good at sports. This kid gets A's. When we focus on the end outcome, that's kind of what we're rewarding is the kids that are naturally good at things. Yeah. <clears throat> Makes so, sense. So, yeah. Um, and – There's been kind of a shift and the growth mindset is the idea that our brain is malleable and we learn and we can change it over time. So if I have never picked up a weight in my life and I decide I'm going to start lifting, well, it's going to be really hard in the beginning, but like I'm going to get better at it and pretty soon – I'm putting down the five pound weight and picking up the 10 pound weight or and progressively getting better. Yeah. So it kind of goes to comparison culture too. Like if I am looking at someone on Instagram that's like lifting 300 pounds, I'm like, oh, like I want to give up now because I'm never doing that. I'm never going to be able to do that. Yeah. I don't look like that. I can't lift that much, whatever. Then like that's really hard. Right. But I think when we teach kids about growth mindset and then they can change things about them, then the emphasis is on making decisions to make themselves better and making okay. creating goals for themselves. And it kind of just ties into if a kid is unhappy about something, acknowledge that, be there for them, but then help them come up with a goal or a plan Yeah. if they want to get better at it. If they don't want to get better at it and they're like, I hate football <laughs> – Okay, cool. This is not important to you. Like, you don't have to get right. better at everything. Right. <clears throat> okay. But, yeah. Okay. Makes sense. So uh, this this might be kind of a curveball, <laughs> but in your opinion or based on, you know, what your knowledge is, is there a difference in how you would try to address, like, fixed versus growth mindset with boys versus okay. – girls no like is there okay so just so, flat out i think that there are very few things that i think that like one sex needs and the other doesn't okay um maybe because of society and culture the reasons why might be different so okay. a boy stereotypically uh-huh. might um be more focused on i'm not good at sports or I'm not as fast as the other kids in PE or whatever. Okay. Where a female may like more look at her body or her appearance or the clothes I'm wearing or someone yeah. called me fat or whatever. Just um, the nature of Yes, just the, the nature of society and what society values in boys yeah. versus girls. Okay. When that is strong or the kids really feel that, yeah. then it may be different things that come up, but I feel like how you address them would be similar. Okay. Um, because I feel like you have to treat each child as an individual and know the context and why they're reacting the way that they do. Um, so it really doesn't matter if they're a boy or a girl. You're going to deal with perfect. whatever the issue is. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. So um, basically what I hear you saying is it, it's the the gender piece is not. No. It's it's not the the overriding factor no. at the end of the day. Yes. It still goes back to yeah. context. Mm-hmm. Why do they feel the way they do? Yes. Where is it coming mm-hmm. from? And um, the pressures on boys and girls can't be different. But True. Yeah. Um yeah. But it's, there's no you still handle it the same way. Okay. Um I think that honestly even when you talk with like I think of like preschool kids, like kids that aren't even in kindergarten yet, like if they can't put their shoes on. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be like, well, give up. <laughs> like, you tell them, oh, we're, we're going to try it again. The rest of our And it's going to be hard. And you're probably going to cry because this is really frustrating you right now. That you can't put your shoes on. Yeah. But if you let them give up and you do it for them, 
then yeah. you're teaching them that they can't do it. And there isn't a way for them to get better at it. So okay. I think at some point we stop making them try and then yeah. the shift changes. But keeping that mindset so when it's, you know, as they get older, it's different things that they're trying to do. But keep encouraging that. Like, we'll keep trying. Yeah. Don't just do it for them because it's easy. Okay. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. All right. So last last question for you. Uh, if you... Mm-hmm. had to identify what you feel like could be one of the most important ways to get a child mm-hmm. started on a health and fitness journey, like a healthy perspective okay. around health and fitness. Okay. So I'm not going to put the pressure on you to say, what's the <laughs> one most important thing, you know, make it all clickbaity. Yeah. But um, <laughs> you have a, a child who comes to you mm-hmm. and they say, hey, uh, I know that you're really into the health and fitness stuff Mm -hmm. and I know you like to work out. I want to get healthier. Mm -hmm. What's something that I can do? What would you recommend? How would you recommend that parent, teacher, whoever, that adult of influence? What's one of the first things that they should do in order to help that person or move Um, them in a particular direction? Well, any kid when they say I want to be healthier probably means something different. So figure out what they mean by healthy. Ah. Like, because it can be something completely different for one kid versus another. One kid, their idea of healthy is, I want to be really strong. Yeah. Another kid, it could be like, I want to be really skinny. Like, just figure out, ask questions. Always ask questions. Yeah. I love that. So it depends. Uh, Yeah. It really does. Yeah. Uh, Ask questions and then help them figure out something that's reasonable based on how old they are. So, like, Yeah, like I'm like, okay, if it's nice out, go play outside before you get on your tablet. Like set a timer, go play outside for 30 minutes, then you can sit on the couch. If it's cold out, then okay, well, we have to brainstorm something different. But yeah, yeah. or if it's uh, I'm worried about gaining weight, well, okay, are you making healthy choices? Yeah. Like, and also acknowledging that like, all bodies are different mm-hmm. and like you should be gaining weight if you are a child because uh, yes, you're growing and yeah. you are going to have weird, awkward phases before growth spurt or like, you know, so some of that like information, I think sometimes they don't want to hear from their parents too because I, I can, if parents just say, so no, you're not fat. No, you're fine. They're like, okay, well, like, you're you're not hearing me. Like, I'm upset about this. Yeah, they're trying to tell you something. Yeah. That's so a good point. they need that information, but also you would handle it differently if it's like a teenager. Because, you know, you can tell a 16-year-old boy if mm. you feel skinny. Yeah. Okay, cool. Let's get a gym membership. Yeah. Great. Ask for a pair of weights for Christmas or running shoes or whatever. Yeah. So I think it's kind of depending upon the kid and what their goals are or what they feel insecure or upset about right you handle it differently but also in a healthy way so i would also like discourage them from watching every single fitness instagram (laughs) model and like oh yeah or if they do cool but also saying like hey you realize that there's like 20 filters on this picture (laughs) and he probably (laughs) shot this like 18 times before he posted it yeah. And just some of those things that, like, kids aren't aren't thinking of because they're not doing that when they're posting when they're 10. Yeah. So what I uh, – that's that makes a lot of sense. So what I consistently hear is your message across the board is always try to acknowledge how they're feeling and then try to get some information yeah. about where it's coming from yeah. and then work on that, which I yeah. think um, – which I think overall is going to have a better sustainable yes. effect. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so being in the health and fitness space, I'm, I'm obsessed with sustainability mm-hmm. and picking plans, whether they be workouts or nutrition or whatever, picking things that you can sustain over a longer period of time. Yes. So I think that um, That's working, like the word that I think of when I think of you. Yeah. Is sustain- that weird? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's me, Mr. I'm doing the same thing all the time. Yeah. yeah. I just like to slowly chip away uh-huh. at things. It's just my thing. But uh, – what I was going to say is that I think that that really lays the foundation for helping to 
develop a filter mm-hmm. or not the Instagram filter, but a filter <laughs> for how kids can process yeah. things. Mm-hmm. So just as you may remember that comment yeah. that was made to you mm-hmm. right after you stopped dancing, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. yeah. So right after you stopped dancing and then your dad opens the door and says that, how different could it yeah. potentially mm-hmm. be if he opens the door and he says, oh, what are you, what are you hey, doing? I've like never takes, seen you work out here before. What are you doing? Yeah. Like, like takes a, yeah. takes a moment to kind of mm-hmm. ask like what's going on. Yeah. Cause I, I, and it reminds me of when I, um, I was at home one day and my son, this was a couple of years ago. So he had to be about four or five at the time. Um, I was doing something down in the basement, walked upstairs and he's doing, uh, push-ups, well, what he wants to call push-ups. It actually looks like he was doing some weird like magic mic thing on the yeah. floor. But he's doing push-ups and then um, what he calls sit-ups and doing some stuff. And I just said, buddy, what are you, what are you doing? And he said, I'm just trying, to, just trying to work out, just trying to get some muscles. And, and, you know, yeah, so that's the first reaction is, oh, okay. But my actual first reaction is, oh, man. Why is, why is he doing that? What kind he's of message am I sending? Like Dad. Yeah, I was yeah. like, what kind of message am I sending to him? I said, oh, because I was like, oh, he's trying to be like Dad. That's <laughs> yeah. But in my head, you know, yeah. the way that I'm what processing is, what kind of message am I mm-hmm. sending him? Does he feel like that that's what you have to do or things like that? Mm-hmm. So, th- you know, I yeah. think everybody is is so different. So I think yes. that it is important. Yeah. Ask the context. Mm-hmm. Uh, figure out, you know, why they're doing it. But mm-hmm. I think um, – Beyond that, it's involvement too. Yes. Like, be involved, be interested in what they're yes. doing. Um, don't be the person that just because you don't use social media, then you don't address yes. social media. Like, there's so much mm-hmm. that you've kind of brought up that I think. Well, and I makes even a lot think that I'm totally cutting you off. No, um, it's, it's okay. Like with that, with basically just treating kids like humans and individuals and figuring out and asking yeah. questions. Don't model things that you don't want your kids to do. Uh, you realize that's really hard to do. It though. is, but like, <laughs> like you have to be an adult when you do. I that. know that's it takes cool. you being really intentional. But like, I even at school, like the teachers, if they're on diets, like they talk about it in the hallway all of the time, uh, um, or at home. Okay, saying you know, if you're looking in the mirror and you're like, oh, I don't like how my butt looks today, or you know, whatever. Yeah. yeah. If kids hear that negative self talk. Yeah. They internalize the talk that they hear, and that's how that they talk to themselves. So yeah. if you're in front of your kids, realize that what you're modeling, yep. they're internalizing. Okay. All right. I think that's yeah. a that's a perfect, perfect stopping point. Wonderful. Love it. So cool. um, I appreciate you big time for taking the time <laughs> for us to finally sit down. Yeah. What feels like almost a year later. I know, right? Uh, but I think, it, I think realistically we're in the six months or less yeah. range. So um, I appreciate you sitting down and, and uh, sharing your knowledge big time. So of course. Uh, for anybody that's stuck around this long, we appreciate Woo-hoo, you thanks. big time. Big time. So uh, thanks. And we're going to give a quick shout out to Eclipse Recording Studios. That's where yeah, we are here. It's pretty in cool. beautiful Bloomington, Normal, Illinois. Yeah. Yes. Super accommodating. So yeah. uh, with that, we're signing off. All right. All right. Bye-bye.